0: Welcome to Rope Access Tips, Tricks and Chats. As always, I'll be your host, Lee Greenwood, and I'd like to say welcome to this episode. This week we're going to have a bit of a chat about IRATA. A lot of of people listening in, I'm sure you know what IRATA is. You know, it's a trade association, you've got a qualification in it, whether it's a level 1, level 2, level 3. But do you actually understand how the association's set up, who's involved, how it all works? So... We're going to have a bit of a run through that and uh, hopefully enlighten you on a few things. Before we crack straight on into that though, um just like to ask if you could uh, like us on whichever medium you're listening to us on. Maybe give us a review, would be amazing. Let your friends know about the podcast, that would be awesome. If they are into rope access, interested in rope access, thinking about getting involved, definitely share it with them, That that would be much appreciated. Share our Facebook page, Rope Access Tip, Tricks and Chats. And have a look at the website as well, ratac.net. And definitely reach out if there's anything you're interested in. Always good to hear from you guys. So let us know what you're interested in or who you think we should get in on a chat. But let's go straight on into the whole talk about IRATA. So IRATA, Industrial Rope Access Trade Association. Going to run through a little bit of history as I know it. As you would have seen, listening to a few other episodes, I've spoken to a lot of people who were around at the start, so I'm going to give you most probably the, uh, the pub version of how it was started. Um, there may be some truth in it, there may be not, who knows, but this is uh, how I know it. So back in the sort of early 80s, people started swinging around on ropes and doing various things, working on cliff faces and various buildings around parts of the UK, and bits and pieces in Europe, a lot of them were climbers and cavers, and they were swinging around on one rope. They then decided to come up with two ropes, using various backup devices, um, as they called them back then. Um, not really a standard for those, but yeah, shunts and prusiks and other devices were all used. Some people were actually belaying people as well, so lots of versions of that. And then um, a few of these companies started working in the North Sea, working on oil platforms, and... In the UK, sort of towards the mid-80s, late 80s, there was a lot of turbulence going on with trade unions. Um, There was a miners' strike and other things like that. And a lot of the unions lost a lot of their power in the UK. I'm sure many people will remember it. If not, go and have a chat with uh, some of the guys who were around then. And um, the companies who were doing rope access, I think they wanted to start a union. They wanted to stop people who weren't involved in their club coming in and undercutting them on these oil platforms and so they got together in a pub in northern England as I remember Uh, they didn't do it in Scotland um, decided to go into England because there was uh, various companies involved and they wanted a bit of neutral ground and they um, pulled in a gentleman by the name of uh, John Fairley he ran a company that looked after trade associations and so he gave them a bit of information about it and they employed his company to um, help set up IRATA, as we know it. So um, they set up a trade association, got the health and safety executive involved in the UK, and between all of the people involved, they came up with um, a training scheme, which many of you all know, the Level 1, 2 and 3 training scheme, uh, the logbook system, and the hours required to travel from one level to the next level. Back at the start, it was... Six months and 500 hours logged in your logbook, signed off by uh, Level 3 who worked for the company that you were working for. So that's how they sort of set it up originally. And it's a trade association, so it's set up for member companies. So as a technician, you're not a member of IRATA. you are a technician who's trained under IRATA's system. So there's different types of membership that you can have. There's operator member, so these are for companies who are out there doing rope access on-site. And then you've got training member companies, obviously these are the companies that are running training courses, whether they're for their internal guys or for uh, general public. So a company could become an operator and a trainer, so they could have a training facility and they could be doing operations. And then we've got associate members, these are companies that are interested in rope access, they don't actually do rope access, so uh, manufacturers, insurance companies, things like that, who are involved in the rope access industry but not as an operator or trainer so they're the sort of three different types of membership obviously you can have operator and trainer as a joint one as well so these uh, companies become members there's pushing towards 700 member companies globally our has managed to get into pretty much every continent around the world uh, with member companies and these companies vote on various things uh, as a trade association it's for its members so they have various votes and uh there's an AGM that needs to be held every year um, as long as we're COVID-free, um, they can be happening. So then uh, these members are voting for various things and one of the things they vote for is for people who wish to become part of the committees involved with the trade association. So i rather be in a trade association. Needs to have various committees. So there's a few of those. There's the uh, executive committee. Uh, the executive committee is made up of nine... Members, so nine representatives from member companies who are voted in by their membership. So a vote goes out to ballot, and they vote, and whoever gets the most votes from the member companies uh, gets a chair on the executive committee and becomes a director of the association. We also have the training chairman, so the chairman of the training committee, the chairman of the equipment standards committee, and the chairman of the health and safety committee. They uh, they sit on the uh, executive committee as well. So if they get voted into that position, they automatically get a seat at the table at the executive committee. Um, With those nine members, so there's the three chairs and then there's the nine members. With those nine members, uh, the committee uh, decides who's going to be the chairman and the vice chairman of the executive committee for the two-year term. So voted in for two years. There'll be another vote in October, September, October 2021 for a new committee to come in for the executive committee. Then we've got the uh, the other sort of committees. So we've got the health and safety committee. As I said, the chairman sits on the executive committee and then that's made up with um, eight um, other people who are voted in. Same process, goes out to ballot and um, companies vote on who they want to be in the health and safety committee. Obviously, those people involved in the health and safety side... Um, any incidents, accidents that are reported to Arata, they're involved in those and writing safety bulletins and things like that. So any releases to do with health and safety and stuff on site, that's run by the Health and Safety Committee. We've then got the Equipment Standards Committee. The chairman, as I said, sits on the executive as well. And as we stand at the moment, there's seven members on that committee. I believe it can be eight, but at the moment we have seven members sitting on there. And then we have the Training Committee, the chairman. Same thing, sits on the executive. And we have eight members who sit on that committee. That seems to be a pretty popular committee. Everybody in IRATA seems to understand what the training is because they may have gone through the level one, two or three system. So um, they know that bit. Other things involved with IRATA, we have a thing called the RACs, Regional Advisory Committees. Uh, There's 14 of these globally, uh, various parts of the world. So there's uh, made up in different parts of the world. We've got a few in Europe, uh, Africa for Asia, Australasia, uh, North America, South America. So there's various committees uh, set up. And these are um, regions where we have quite a few members and they get together to help advise IRATA on things that are happening in their region, if there's any issues, if they need any support and things like that. These committees vote amongst themselves. So the members in that region vote for a chairman and a vice chairman. Um, The reason I'm using chairman and vice chairman in this is as we stand at the moment there are only uh gentlemen involved in these positions so we don't have any females that I'm aware of uh holding any of these roles so apologies if I'm uh, upsetting anybody with my terminology I could use chairperson I guess but as we stand at the moment um there's lots of uh men involved any ladies out there if you're keen to get involved definitely reach out I'd uh, Happily point you in the right direction. I know there's been a few females involved in various committees over the years. And I think they that definitely added value to the committees. So if you're keen, definitely jump in. So we've got the uh, RACs. As I say, there's 14 of them around the place. And those chairs are voted in for a minimum of a two-year term. And then uh, vice chairs can move up to being chairman and things like that. So that's sort of how the memberships involved in the association... And then we've got head office. I'm sure many of you have this image of this massive Irata building somewhere with 15, 20 different levels. Lots of level threes running around telling people how they should be doing rope access and all that type of thing. Well, no, it's not like that at all. It's a, it's a managed office. Um, we've got a few various departments in Irata. So there's obviously the registrations department. That's where when people become technicians, upgrading or first time, all their information and documents go through that department. We then got the memberships department. So uh, obviously that's for the member companies. Anything to do with memberships goes through those guys. With all of this stuff that's going on, obviously there's money changing hands. So there's the accounts department. And then getting into the technical side of it, we have a training department, which uh, runs in line with the um, training committee. Then we've got the technical department. These, uh, this department works alongside the equipment and standards, so to do with the ICOP and any documentation side, the technical side. There's an audit department. Obviously, member companies, they need to be audited, so our appointed auditors are going out to audit companies um, in various locations around the world, and then there's the um, audit department that backs them up. There's the marketing department, making sure our routers known out there and dealing with uh, various uh, bodies around the world or uh, organisations, whether it's places like the City of London and things like that. And as with any company, um, there's a legal department which uh, deals with any of the legal stuff. And then Arata also has a complaints department as well. So this is all uh, all managed in the Arata head office, which is in Ashford in the UK. So in the south-east of England in the offices there. And a gentleman called Rodney Mirage is the general manager and the company secretary. So he's a man who sort of oversees it all, working with all of those different departments within the association. So it's uh, maybe not the massive beast that many people thought it was, but it's definitely a really well-run machine now uh, with the um, various departments working with each other under the uh, watchful eye of uh, Rodney, who's heavily involved as I'm sure you can imagine. So that's uh that's sort of how Irata's set up and with the head office with the committees and then obviously with the training side there's the Irata level one, level two, level three system, and then the instructor qualification and the assessor um, qualification for assessors and then the appointed auditors within the association. So Quite a lot involved with uh, with running such a large machine, but I thought I'd take a bit of time just to have a bit of a chat about how it's set up. And as I mentioned, there's uh, members all over the world. So just to give you some rough numbers, these were figures that I pulled off of the site, uh, our other site recently. So in Europe, there's 282 member companies. Africa, there's 44. In Asia, there's 138. In Oceana there's 57, North America there's 41 and in South America there's 27. So that's sort of how the membership is spread around the continents around the world. So as you can see it's travelled over the last 30 plus years, travelled around the world having all those member companies representing Arata globally. That's pretty much all I've got for this week. Um, hope you enjoyed it, I hope you learned something about the association, how it's set up and all those type of things. If you think you know people that may be interested in this, um, they may not be involved in rope access, but they might use Arata Companies. This episode could help them a little bit. Definitely share it. That'll be awesome. Reach out if you've got any questions about any of this stuff, happy to answer any of those. But anyway, for now, stay safe. I'll see you soon. Cheers.